Hello, evening. Welcome to another uh, drive-by edition of the Cantina Mekis podcast, the Gold Cup edition, uh, Mexico post game. We are uh, live from somewhere in Central Texas, and also from the Rose Bowl in Pasadena. We're joining yes. us. So my name is my name is John Jibu, by the way. But joining us from the Rose Bowl in Pasadena is Joel Aceves. Joel Aceves, thank you very much for joining us. And uh, you uh, were a witness to the official beginning of the Tata Martino era, a 7-0 win over uh, Mexico over Cuba. That is correct, sir. Um, my second Martino era game. He has not disappointed. This is this is what his fifth game, and every game they scored three or more goals, which I don't. Correct. I do not expect Max to hold, you know, to keep up that pace, but it's very promising to see that this, you know, in many ways, bit of a B team can perform at a good level. Uh, it is. Uh... Uh, it is a team that is not uh, one would say uh, fully complete without uh, a, a good number of players who uh, were starters uh, for Mexico in the in, in the last World Cup that are not playing on this team. And despite yep. that, uh, Joel, it took it took all of a minute and fifty six seconds for Uriel Antuna, the big tuna. To score his first of three goals, uh, the first hat trick for Mexico, Joel, if I'm not mistaken, since yes. uh, Javier Chicharito Hernandez uh, had a hat trick in the Gold Cup uh, against El Salvador, which, as we found out later, was uh, a dirty hat trick because El Salvador was uh, was fixing the match. <laughs> dirty one, I'll take it. But yeah, I, I like the big tuna, and he's proving to be just that. I know it was Cuba. But how many times have we seen better players not able to do that? So, again, it's promising to see the players doing good. And and we're talking about, uh, you know, Tuna, who almost didn't even make the squad. A big reason was because of other players calling off or injuries. And uh, there he is. And, and something we've said in the show, and I know ad nauseum, and I know... Some of our listeners don't like it because they, they dislike MLS. But he, he plays for the Galaxy. Um, he's on loan. But this is one of the advantages we've talked about, where if this league gives you playing time, you have to take advantage of that. That's that's one of the, you know, main main things that you need as young players to, to become better is to get as much playing time as you can. That doesn't matter the league or the team, just that you're consistently playing. Yeah, I mean, he is uh, pretty much the, the poster child for what you and I have been talking about for the better part of the last what, yes. two or three years, about if you're, mm-hmm. if, you're, if you're a good young player, but for whatever reason, you're not getting the, uh, the exposure on the field as much as, uh, as you would hope. And uh, there's another league that, that it's – I'm not going to say that MLS is – on the same level of Liga Mekis, which it's, it's not. But outside of, you know, in, in the Americas at least, I mean, there, there are very few that do have a level yeah. the level MLS has. So yeah, there's no – it would be crazy not to take advantage. And yeah. the two players, going, two players that did take advantage of that, Carlos Salcedo and now Uriel Antuna, we are, we are seeing the benefits of the decisions that they made. Yeah. Yeah, and, and you know, you know, like, um, just, just to – just to push that point, because I know a lot of fans are under the assumption of if you go to Europe and then maybe you don't play, but you're learning from these other players because, because like, you know, they might have some world class players. And a good example is, um, is Gudinho. You know, he was at, he was at the Portuguese club and there was a Italian Buffon, I believe. No, wait, not Buffon, uh, the Spanish guy. Yes, yes. Castilla, so he, you know, and he comes back and he's, he's not really at any other level, but, but his, his, um, his now teammate, Toño, who was playing at Buap, Lobos Buap, 
but he was getting all the first division games, all the playing time, and he's he you know he's performing at a better level. He is. I mean, you know, at this you know at this point, it's it, it's the minutes are the things that matter. And whether you get the minutes in Liga MX or whether you get them in MLS or if you get them, you know, Correct. I've never understood why why Mexican teams don't loan players out to like the Colombian league or the Chilean. Yeah. League or, well, or that's, the that's, you said it there, John. Loan. They don't want players on loan because they're. And if you have you you have said it as well. It's they're exporter leagues. They want to yeah. sell, and they're not going to sell someone that's on loan from Liga MX. They don't get money from that. I mean, we would have to pay. And by we, I mean Liga MX clubs would have to pay. Like, all right, we'll pay you to have this guy, you know, to help develop him. But right. it hasn't worked. It hasn't worked. Pachuca had a team in Chile. They had a team in Argentina. And I know in the past, like Toluca would send players to, to like an Uruguayan club. I forget the name. And it just hasn't worked. Hasn't worked. Those are very difficult leagues, very competitive. And, and they're just pushing out players to sell them. So it's just not going to work, but that, that's where, that's why MLS becomes so important because very few first division leagues are going to take young Mexican players. Right. No, that's, that, that is a very good point. And MLS would be, you know, they've done, uh, it, it is a good place, as you pointed out, for, for young players to, to try their medal and uh, you know and Uriel Antuna, I mean this isn't a big surprise you know what I mean obviously getting a hat trick is nice but I mean I mean he's he's had a very good uh, solid year uh, for LA Galaxy I mean he's a starter for them he gets to play next to one of the greatest strikers yeah of the 21st century in in, in Slapa and actually uh, teams up and links up very well with Slapa and he has he has a good relationship with him and. Uh, you know, one thing I liked about tonight, Hoyt, is, is, is that, yes, Mexico scored seven goals, but they weren't, you know, they weren't trying to be, you know, when, when they get into the goalie, I think they try to make, like, all these fancy, schmancy back heels and one pass. You know, they try to make all these pretty goals. None of the goals were particularly pretty. They were just goals, you know, just the, it was just a goal. Yeah. It was a game of just. Yeah, Jimenez did miss the Palomita. Goals. And I'm yeah. okay with that. I mean, they didn't. No. I mean, I, I have to admit, I was... I, I got 10 minutes. But, yeah, but most of the goals are just goals. Okay. All right. Well, we can do... No, no. 10, 10 minutes, minutes to get out of here. <laughs> the police is kicking me out of the... I'm in lot I of the Rose Bowl. And uh, so I'm going to turn my car on, and I hope it doesn't make a lot of noise. Oh, my old... My old oh, jalopy. Oh there you go. The old jalopy... Um, yeah, those, and crank it? those cantina wages aren't, you know, we need to ask Ron. Um, but yeah, yeah, here comes the, the popo. They were making rounds in the parking lot, getting rid of the borrachos. Um, can you hear me, Yon? Yeah, I hear you just fine. You're doing just okay. fine. Okay, hold on. Let me just. You can even start. Oh, but go on, go on with your monologue. Oh, yeah. So yeah, all I was saying was that it's uh, it was just refreshing to see them not trying to be fancy. You know, they're not trying to make the extra pass or trying to score these outrageous goals. They were just scoring goals. Raúl Jiménez, his first goal was a was a hard pass into. You know, he didn't shoot. He didn't try to. You know, colocar al angle. All he did was he just passed it past the keeper. You know, Uriel Antuna got a hat trick. Three of them on rebotes. I mean, how 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 opportune is that? For your for your your winger, to, yeah. crash, to, to be crashing the the, the goal mouth at the, at the opportune time where he's able to clean up not once not twice but three times to get to get a hat trick. Yeah, and you know that uh, that one to his credit that talks about like knowing having good positioning and know like being able to read the game. You know, right. So I think no, that. that was, it was good to see. Now, it was. It, it is Cuba. You know, we can't. Uh, we, we we can't ignore that fact. But when, when's the last time Mexico put seven against Cuba, Yon? 
No, you're right. When was the last time Mexico put seven up against anybody? Boy, it, 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 it's been a while. And, you know, the, yeah. the Gold Cup under, under Osorio and the last one under Chepo, and even the one under, under, under Miguel Herrera, uh, those last three Gold Cups, Mexico only won one of them, and they did not play well at all in any of them. You know, they, they didn't play well in 2013 right after the Confed Cup with the B team, where the only yeah. player that, that really showed up was Luis Montes. You know, Julio Peña had a chance to do something. It didn't happen. Uh, you know, Marco Fabián, Raúl Jiménez even was on that team. He played the Confed Cup, and he really didn't quit himself all that well. So, you know, you're right, though. I mean, the, 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 this was the three Gs, Joel, in, in their full at full display, ganaron, gustaron y golearon. And uh, I, I don't think any Mexico, you know, regardless of whether they played Cuba or not, I don't see how any Mexico fan tonight could go to bed with, uh, yeah, but, you know, yes, Mexico won 7-0, yeah, but they beat Cuba. I don't think there's a yeah, but. I mean, that, that was that was a convincing win, and they and they did it. I mean, they were, it was, it was, it was pretty relentless. It was... Uh, I don't, I don't, is, was Cuba really that bad in person, Cohen, or was it Mexico that just totally took over? Well, I, I think it's the difference. You know, in quality, Mexico is just that much better. You know? Sure. Yeah, yeah it's just, I mean, because look, well, where the Cubans play, you know, it's the country's more known for baseball. Um, so yeah, we can. Uh, physically, they're they're always been good athletes, you know. Uh, but but I think I think we um, you know, like not to get ahead of ourselves, because as Mexico fans, we like we like to always use this result just to show right. the superiority. But I think that even though Mexico is capable of that, it's it's not the norm. No. Um, so it, that's it why we see fans yeah. lose, lose it every time the team is struggling because they always think back to like the time they beat them this much, right. you know. But but the region is just very inconsistent. That's that's the main thing with the region. It, it could be very inconsistent. I like Honduras right now; they're trash. But at at their best, they they'll give anyone a headache. Um, Sure. No, you're you're exactly right. And again, going back to the previous three World Cups, you know, I have to look at the results. But I mean, I don't, I don't remember Mexico putting even four goals against against anybody. I mean, they, and they struggled to win knockout match. I mean, it was it, there. There were some ugly games played in uh, in the Gold Cup in that time. And you know, they haven't won the full nine points of the group stage since 2011, when uh, you know when Chepo took the Mexico to the Gold Cup, and they won uh, convincingly. Uh, you know, they really struggled in the in the quarterfinals and semis, but other than that, they, they had a you know Chicharito almost outscored all the teams by himself. You know, it was it was the the the, the, the scoring table was Chicharito, and then every I mean every other team. I mean seriously, I mean he he had he scored more goals than t- ten of the twelve teams in the tournament. The Chicharito did so. Uh, you know, the, the, this was a really good start. And again, to me, it's uh, I, I see it as uh, as Mexico. You know, as as Martino. And even he had said at the end in the press conference, which I'm sure you attended, Hoy, where he said that uh, you know, that, you oh, know, yes, we, we we played well, but given you know, given the circumstances, I'm not so sure we can really look into learning all that much from this game. And you know, maybe. That, that might be true, but but I think as you said, boy, Mexico winning seven z just you know it's it doesn't you know this isn't Gold Cup nineteen ninety three where where Saguinho scored seven goals you know his own smart knee. Uh, so yeah, it's uh, it's a, it's a very interesting result, and, and to me the most interesting part about it wasn't that. The, the seven zero itself it was just it was just the methodical way that Mexico was able to get to, to get the goals and clean up after themselves and 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 then take those opportunities which as we've seen many 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 times in the past it doesn't always work out that way and they're they, they struggle a lot in these games 
Yeah. It also is like seeing the players, they, they look motivated. Well, that's good. Uh, you know, the, the, it is it, it is a huge opportunity for Yeah. Yeah. Go Caller, you are still on. I haven't heard you. Oh, um, no, I said, I said, I, I said, caller, you are still on. Ah, yes, sorry, I'm just, I'm stuck in the mountains here. <laughs> I mean, uh, parts unknown. Um, I don't know if it's affecting my... Um, but yeah, we're talking. Well, I'm, I'm sure what you said there was uh, was very poetic and, uh, and and pragmatic and practical. Fortunately, I didn't get to hear any of it because, uh, as you said, you were kind of going. I think we're both driving through some uh, sketchy sketchy signal parts, but that's okay. That's okay. Boy, the next game against Canada, easily their biggest test. Uh, were you able to watch any of the Canada match while you were in Pasadena? Uh, no, sir, I did not. I did not. Be, so, no, I got there. I, I got there as they were. They were already up for zero. At that point, I was like, "All right, I'm just gonna set up here," and because I was doing play-by-play for the Twitter account. Right. And, uh, so let me go see if there's anything left in the in the food section of the press box, and uh, just meet up with some of the fellow podcasters and 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 writers and whatnot. Okay. So, uh, did you find any food points? Food? No, they they ran out, man. They they served it early. So they had nothing. Not not even a cup of coffee. No, I got snacks though. I got some, I did coffee and churros. So that, that was good. That was a win for me. They were pretty good churros too. And oh. The ones with stuffing. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah, what, yes, what were they stuffed with? What were they stuffed with? Like um, cream or chocolate? No. Uh, I don't know if they had like vanilla type. Right. So a, a vanilla flavored creamy substance. <laughs> now, now, Hoan, yeah. you did you, you did not uh, you did cheesy, not give a, cheesy goodness. You did not give one of those churros a descremada. What? You? you didn't give one of those churros a descremada. <laughs> kind of did. <laughs> With every bite, Yon. I gotta, I gotta admit, I gotta admit. <laughs> you, you, you relished, you relished, you relished the opportunity to give that churro this good. I understand, I understand. Okay, so they play, they play uh, Canada next, and that is going to be uh, in Denver on, I believe, Wednesday. And uh, unfortunately, we're not going to have any cantina presence this game. I was hoping to go, but with my my work schedule. Having a game on Thursday, it just uh, it's not going to be practical for me to make the trip. But I will be in Charlotte on Sunday for Mexico's third match against Martinique, who lost, as you pointed out, four zero to Canada. Yeah, that's well. Then that's going to be the big game for Mexico. Um, Mexico versus Canada, and that's that's the one that is, I mean, the one opponent that could that could probably show. Show some more restraint, some more fight. Um, 
but we shall see. Um, I think, I think ultimately it's going to come down to the U.S. You know, of all the teams, even though, even though um, they've they've looked bad in their friendlies, I don't think the U.S. is that bad. Um, I think the coach just did what coaches do a lot of times: is they take a risk in in trying out formations or players or whatnot, and um, it. It, you know, uh, we've seen it with Mexico, where a coach is not looking good, and and the media is just tearing them a new one. Uh, well, well, here's the difference: is that in Mexico that happens, and every newspaper and every television show, both regional, national, all the radio shows, the bloggers, the Twitters. Uh, Instagram influencers are just, as you pointed out, just giving the coach the what for, you know, seven days a week and twice on Sunday for 24-7. In the U.S., U.S. soccer plays badly, and all that that happens is that people just forget about it. No, that is true. Well, what did, well, what with this, my 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 lengua se traba. Um, one thing that did happen because we have the women's World Cup going on, and so a lot of media, I think, was a cheap shot, and they were using the you know they were using the U.S. Uh, men's team results to try to like talk about paying the women team more money, and so that's why it got more. They were put more on the hot seat. Saying like, look, the women scored 13 goals against Thailand. Uh, you know, they failed to mention those are like semi-pro players at best. You know, if a lot of working other jobs. Uh, but yeah, it, it's not fair comparison. Um, but yeah, that that has put them under the radar. But but I expect them to put more fight. I mean, this U.S. team did beat Mexico already. It was a friendly, but it just goes to show they're not that bad. And they, they could still surprise you. Well, I mean, they only, uh, I mean, they don't have, they have Jamaica on that side of the bracket. Because Costa on the Mexico side. So they're really not going to face any really threatening competition until maybe the semifinals of the final. I mean, then that's just the reality. And even then, I mean, it's going to be Honduras or it's going to be Costa Rica. It's going to be a team that, or maybe, or it's going to be Panama again. Because Panama, um, for whatever reason, always had good gold cups. Yeah, and Honduras, man, you got to wonder where their psyche's at, you know? That confidence must be through the, through the gutters. Yeah, they had a rough, uh, a rough go of it right before uh, the gold cup played in uh, Brazil. It's tuning up for a, a Copa America in Brazil. And uh, yeah, so the best did get uh, roughed up pretty good. We'll see how that uh, how that plays out. So Mexico plays uh, Canada Wednesday. They play Martinique on Sunday. And then they'll have a quarterfinal, semifinal, and in all likelihood, and then we'll see. And uh, I'm going to leave it at semifinal because uh, you know if they play Costa Rica in the semifinal, I mean Costa Rica could very well win that match. There's, uh, I know that uh, our friend of the show and the photographer up in the uh, in the Bay Area. Jaime Landero says Mexico and he even posted he says Mexico's gonna win this tournament caminando. And that may be true. But I do think that uh, you know as we pointed out it's 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 good to see Mexico play well but the fact that they played well against uh, that's limited as Cuba really doesn't say all that much but I think there's one thing we can take away is in Mexico played well, they didn't get frustrated, and they did what they had to do, and they did, they, and they did it. And they got they got what they needed, and they, uh, you know, in a game like that, an early goal is like the greatest thing you could possibly do. Because the longer you don't score, the longer the team you're playing thinks that they're going to get away with it. Yeah. And it's also um, the worst thing for, like, a team, a team like Cuba. Yes, absolutely. 
Yeah, to get scored early on by a by the stronger team, I bet the coach's notes just went through the shredder at that point. Exactly. As uh, yeah, (laughs) yes, you are exactly right. Yeah, usually if you could hold on fifteen minutes, if you could do the fifth, the first fifteen minutes, if you could keep the other team, you know, from scoring. Usually, um, you could start. You know, you could start controlling the the match, at least the timing of it and whatnot. Right. So you are uh, you are exactly right. So uh, things didn't work out so well for the Cubans or the or the Martinicans today. Things didn't work out for Argentina earlier today, Joel. They lost two zero. I know to, uh, to Colombia. It's like you read my mind, Yon, because I was going to bring that up. If only for one reason and one reason only, Yon. Why is that, Joel? They had brought back Menotti as, like, the director of selecciones. You know, he oversees the national teams. And I I don't know how involved he is. Like, if he's there to give pep talks, I'm assuming that's... Because that's been one of his forts or fortes, however you say that. And, uh... It's pretty sad to see that, you know, they, they're using that picture of Messi, you know, palm, the, the Messi, you know, face palm Messi right. is, is is a pick being used. Uh, so it's pretty sad to see what's going on with the team. Uh, I need to, we need to figure out what's, you know, what has them played. You, you have one of the one of the all-time greats on your squad, and and you just can't win games. It's it's kind of baffling, almost. You know, it is, uh, and, and frankly, I, I just, I, I mean, who 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 can you blame this situation? I mean, they have they have such a, they have such great players. They have so many players. I mean, what other country has as many players? You, yeah, to choose a national. Yeah, just putting two of those in the Mex squad and and just forget it, dude. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Mex would, would wouldn't be talking about a fifth game; they would be talking about semifinals at least. Right. I mean, it's it is it is it is just an impressive array of talent that they both have, and the fact that they can't get it together. I mean, how 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 does that happen? I mean, how 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 does that happen? A team like our in Brazil, even when they, you know, when they flop around, it, it makes no sense. It makes no sense to me. You know, you know, aside from Messi, because the, the, there's a dynamic going on in that team that I, you know, it started actually when in the in the Copa America of, of uh, twenty when they played in Argentina was that 2011? Yeah, yeah it was. Yeah, they hosted it. That's right. And the entire Argentina game plan was get, give it to Messi. That, that that was their offensive game plan. Let him do it. And we sit around and watch. And they haven't been able to shake that. And that's been going on now for eight years. Yeah. Also, what's been affecting this, uh, affecting them is just the internal problems. Uh, and, and you know all that that struggle for power. So right. that's right. Because yeah. Gorondona's out, so there's like a major. I mean, there's got to be just a major power play happening right now in Argentina. Yeah, it's a big push and pull. Yeah. Yeah, because you know I was asking a friend. I have a friend over there, and I was telling him because to me, um, Gallardo seemed like a perfect fit. Uh, you know, Simeone was. One of the main ones as well, but he doesn't want it. He's like, I'm not touching that with a ten foot pole. <laughs> and, and yeah, so so Gallardo's been the big, you know, he's the hot stuff right now. Right. As, you know, he's been winning a lot with River, and, and even though that team's not, it's not like the River of yesteryear when they they had access to all the better players and and the most money. They were the Millonarios, and that's right. that's not them, dude. They're like. They're like, they went from Millonarios to to EBT, man. And um, to have that dude put him back on the map, 
and winning, you know, Copa Libertadores. He's won two already, and league and all that. Um, it's it's very impressive. Um, so he was one of the coaches that was that, and and so I was telling a friend of mine, big River Plate fan, you know, he's, he's in Argentina, and he was like, he is like, nah, man, he won't even be considered because, and it was just political stuff. Not nothing to do with his abilities, and it's like, damn, that's that's you know. So what what, you know. what what political liabilities are working against uh, Marcelo Gallardo to be the Argentine? I think some of the people in charge are from the Boca camp. Really? So they can't yeah. even put they can't even put that past. Them. Yeah, yeah, that's you know, and over there, that's that's a bigger deal. So the than, politics, the politics of the situation are, the ones in charge are Boca fans, so they can't have. Pretty much. Uh, okay, you know, you know what? That Argentina deserves what's happening. To them. If, <laughs> if, 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 if that's how petty they are when it comes to decisions like this, then they deserve it. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It's it's dumb. It's dumb, but um, who knows? We'll see what's going on. I mean, they did again. They put Menotti, but dude's eighty, so I don't know how involved he is, because he's one of the big guys. Doesn't get as much credit now because it's been so long, but he influenced guys like, like even Bielsa. If you read Bielsa, uh, he's quoted Menotti. Um, he even influenced guys like Pep, who who Pep he went, he went into. When you know when he was learning to coach, he went to. That's one of the guys he met up with. Uh, right. So he's he's very influential figure, and and our own Tata Martino, I'm pretty sure he's been influenced by by Menotti as well. So, but I mean at 80, I don't know what his health is. Who knows? Who knows what? Do Do you think he still smokes like eight packs a day like he used to? Yeah, probably, man. <laughs> oh, Flaco, man, that guy's. He uh he, he last coached in Mexico. It wasn't too long ago. It was like uh, when uh, Estudiantes was still in the league. He, he coached for them for like a yeah a, yeah like no like his half a term. his results weren't all there though. Like in a lot of it because he's he was just older, you know. Uh, as right. like Menotti, yeah. I mean, this guy was he goes way back to like to like the seventies. So <laughs> oh yeah, he was the head. Coach of Argentina when they won the nineteen seventy eight World Cup. Yeah, so, uh, going back to yeah, seventy eight. It's uh, got that going. <laughs> yeah, he, he can put that all the way back. You can put that one on your wrist. So not uh, not not too bad for him. Yeah, so that happened, Joel. Uh, I believe uh, Peru tied Venezuela zero zero, and then last night uh, Brazil put the put the screws to Bolivia. And won their match three zero. Yeah, Bolivia's. And, yeah, and, and you know, you know, we're talking. Copa Copa. Yeah, we're we're talking I, Copa America, and it, it sucks that Mexico won't be. There was some hope that at least the twenty twenty, and and it's gonna be what Qatar and Australia. Yeah, it's just uh, it, it, it's very unfortunate. It is. Uh, but you know what, Joel? You, you saw Exhibit A as to why Bunkagaf doesn't want Mexico to go anywhere. By what you no. saw tonight. But, but you know what? Um, I would tell our listeners, there is still a glimmer of hope of a Copa America because cause, um, they, might, they might do one of those, like the Centenario. Right. You know, like a special edition. So there might be one of those that they might announce because I, I do think if you're, you know, if you're Max, even the U.S., why wouldn't you want one of these tournaments? And they already hosted one, and it was successful, and, and why not? Why not have another one? Uh, and I'll I think... You, I'll tell you what was, uh, what was so ass to me about uh, the whole uh, Copa America Centenario is that 
Look, I know that Copa America has been around for a long time. It's the oldest international tournament uh, in the world, and I get that. But up until Mexico started playing in 1993, no one gave a rat's bottom about the, not even the South American teams. How many times would Brazil send like a B squad or an alternate squad, or, or you know, they, this? No, no one ever took it seriously, ever, until until Mexico started playing in it, which meant that they started, which they almost doubled their audience, right? And all of a sudden, Copa America became that much more important. And then when they finally get a chance to play it outside the South America, they play in the States instead of playing in Mexico. I know. Everything Mexico did for that tournament. You know, that was a little bit upsetting because I know they had pushed really hard to host one. And I knew if Mexico hosted a Copa America, uh, especially if they, you know, with Azteca as as the home field advantage, I thought that they had a good chance of, of lifting that cup. And, uh, yeah, to see it being played in the U.S. And, and you know what? I, I get it why it was in the U.S. It was just more money guaranteed. I, mean, I, I do too, but it's like, you know, I mean, you know, there are teams that are going to do just as well in Mexico as, as they do in the U.S. as far as ticket sales. And... Uh, so I, I just don't see how uh, how it was that much of a difference. Because no one in the U.S. is going to go see IT play Peru. I was at the game, I promise you. <laughs> if there was 9,000 people there, it was a miracle. You know, so, uh, so, but in Mexico, you know, Peru might be a little bit more, you know, might be a little bit more of, a, of an attraction because people have history with They obviously have a history and admitted Argentina fan yourself. Just like I am an admitted Brazil fan. Yeah, but I mean, I'm pretty sure we'll get it in a centenario so, part. So that, that, that to me was in, in, uh, in 2116. Ah, <laughs> uh, wait. Is that when Mexico finally gets it? Be, no, who knows? I mean, if if they could do something where like co-host or maybe even triple host you know, uh, and and um, with with Canada, U.S. Mex, and if Mexico get the final, I would be happy with that. Well, here's the thing: what are they? I mean, I, I think what's going to happen, Joel, is that in 2020, the Copa America is going to be played all over the place. I think everyone. I think everyone's going to get a game. I think it's going to be the tournament that I think that that. that but then I think, I think it's going to be ultimately then, then played like the knockouts are played in Argentina. I, I think that that, that 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 could very well happen. Yeah, I, I don't mind. I, know I, they're I, talking about, I want to see Mex play South American right. teams in official games. It always makes for good, for some good matchups. Well, I'll, t- I'll tell you what it does, Cole. Is that it takes a lot of the edge off South American arguments, you know, unless you're Brazilian or Argentine, you really can't argue about somebody over Mexico if you're from one of the other countries because Mexicans and Argentina. But outside of that, they do extremely well. Yeah, but I mean, yeah, I remember those old arguments, but I think. Going back since like '94, even '86, because Mex, but because you know, Mex didn't play '90, but like just getting all of Mexico's results from '86 up until the World Cups they played in a row. Yeah, the the they fared better than than um than the majority of South American teams. Right. I think the only exception is every now and then you will have like a Uruguay that is gonna go far, but those. Those teams haven't been as consistent. I mean, only Brazil and Mex have qualified out of the group stage. That's right. They're the only two teams right now. They're the only two teams left that since, since what, since 94, yep. have made it out of the group stage. You know, every other, like, even world champions like Spain and Italy and uh, recently Germany, 
have crashed in the group stage. You know, think about that. I mean, that you know, the, we're talking about groups where only the top two advance. You don't get that soft third place thing like they had when they had the 2014 tournament in uh, in 1986, 90, 94. Yeah, where you have uh, third place advance. Yeah, so advancing. You know, I think that that's what people in, in your right. It's not easy to advance out of a World Cup as evidenced by the fact that only Brazil and Mexico have done it uh, in that time period. But but the other the difference is that the world class, you know, because they're just they're good for every game. You know, they might have one game where it'll be relatively tough, but the other two are going to, you know, those are as, you know, nine times out of ten, they're guaranteed six points. So they're going to advance, and uh, get just getting out of the group stage. Because then they'll have to play a tough game, uh, and then you know they'll have to win two tough one. They'll have to be one out of two really tough teams, and that's that, that's asking a lot for a team like Mexico. And for them to have been able to pull it off for the past what six or seven or eight or however long it's been World Cups is uh, is very impressive. But it comes at a cost, and I think that that's uh, the biggest difference for me seeing Mexico and then the other countries because they're just you know they don't get to take players off in the third game, so they're. They're a little more spent, and, I, and, I, and we definitely saw it in Brazil against Holland, and uh, I think we saw it again uh, against uh, Brazil. Uh, I'm sorry, Holland and Brazil, and then uh, against Brazil uh, in Russia, where Mexico just their their legs that they just, they just didn't have legs anymore. That's unfortunate. Yes, sir. It happens. Well, Joel, are you uh, are, are you back on the freeway? Are you on the are you on the two ten heading back to Orange County? No, actually, I'm headed to work. I go in at midnight. I go in in oh, one hour. Goodness, I know. Oh, this Cantinero. Yeah, you gotta um, go to downtown LA. Yes, sir. That's where I'm at right now. I'm uh, I'm getting close to the MacArthur Park area, um, birthplace of the. So MS thirteen. Is that the one forty? Is that the one forty six that, that you take down? Is that the one forty six you take down? To, no, the two. The two. Coming from Pasadena, so he, on, I was on the Glendale Freeway. The the two is the two Glendale. Yeah. Then I exit. I exit by Alvarado. This is so. This is basically little Central America right here. Uh, a lot of Chapines, Chapin land. They're not at the Gold Cup, are they? The Guatemala? I don't think they are, no. I don't they didn't even qualify. I, mean, I can't remember the last time they were even in the tournament. Well, they played Mexico in 2011 and when, and were up 1-0 from in the quarterfinals for most of the game. Ah, sure, yeah. I've, I've forgotten. Oh, man, yeah. That was uh, that was El Pescadito's last uh, last hurrah. Yeah, that was their big. That's their big player, man. That was their chicharito, the the little fish. That's uh, right. Who uh, who was making a name for himself? There was this guy that used to. He was a big fish fan, uh, and he used to he used to blog, and he. He used to like to compare him to Matador because Hernandez was in the MLS at the same time. And he was saying just how much more lethal Chicharito was. And he was using he was using the MLS stats. That, never mind all the international goals. <laughs> Hernandez was scoring, you know, at right. the World Cup at Copa America at Confederations. He was using all the MLS stats. To show that, uh, you know, 
this so guy that's was like, that, that's like comparing like a twenty five year old because I mean by the time I thought was done, I mean he looked like a sixty year old man playing out there. And yeah, but the funny thing is now, I mean, because you know that was this whole thing. This is he's better than any Mexican striker, and that was his thing. I don't know if he was trolling, but he he liked that's what he liked oh, to do. Definitely and, uh, But. His arguments now fall apart, man, seeing what Vela's doing. <laughs> right. He has three, what, uh, like 14 goals? He scored 14 or 15 goals in, in 14 or 15 games. Yeah, and I think that's how I many he scored last season. So he, he's, yeah, he's setting up some records. So I'm pretty he's sure. Already broken, was... He's already huh? broken the Cubo, Tor- the, the Cubo Torres yeah. record for most goals by a Mexican. Yeah, and good Torres was what, like three years? MLS. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah, who, who thought that anyone could ever could ever reach could ever reach that goal of scoring fourteen goals in of 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 of, of Cuba Torres in the in MLS for, for for Carlos Vela. No, it is yeah, Guatemala's out. Um, you know, and sadly it wouldn't surprise me if we did see him again, Joel, if Carlos Ruiz was still on the team. Here's 47-year-old Carlos Ruiz playing striker for, I mean, we shouldn't laugh. We, we trotted out a 39-year-old holding midfielder in the World Cups uh, as our starter against Brazil. Well, well I mean, you know, um, Conejosaurus Rex, he's 46, and uh, he's still trying to look for a team. He's still trying to look for a Liga MX team. He has not wow. retired. And I know, I know he talked about hanging his boots about three years ago, but he's like the energizer bunny, man. He just keeps going. And I know he was, and it's kind of sad now. It's kind of sad because I think teams don't want him. And he's, <laughs> he's like, I'll play for free, man. Um, I don't want to say anything else. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's, it's kind of messed up, uh, to see that because he's, He's he's like a pretty iconic player, and to see him like that, you know, almost begging for PT is is just. Uh. It's it's always tough to see players like. Yeah, and you know this this again goes again, and I'm gonna bring him back to MLS. Not, not even after uh, that's Wow. You know, cause cause they're willing to pay the big bucks, man, and and a lot of players. They need they need their retirement fund, cause cause a lot of them they don't manage their money right, and they end up at these later stages and then um, you know, playing like in second division or third, and it's kind of messed up, you know that to, to quote they're not the doing it because they love playing, they're doing it because they need they need the right. money. To quote the To, uh, to quote the great Patrick Ewing, uh, the former New York Knicks center, we make a lot of money, but you have to understand, we spend a lot of money, too. <laughs> yeah, and they make a lot, but they spend a lot. And if, and if they don't, you know, if they don't have a good, you know, the, like you have to pay property tax and, and all type of things, and, and if they don't, you know... If they didn't have any businesses going, and also if they could have side businesses, and if those businesses don't do well, they lose that money. Right. I remember Jorge Campos was trying to open sport tortas here in the U.S., and I thought, oh damn, I, I could see that picking up, and I never heard of them again, dude. Sports. Sport tortas. Yeah, and every sandwich was named after like like a player, like you know. Like the Hugo Sanchez and the Campos and whatnot. That's awesome. It was. I thought. I, I thought this was gonna. Be, and for some reason, it just it didn't take off. We need to resurrect it <laughs> by the franchise. Sport tortas. By the Sport Torta That's franchise. Right. That's right. Because you could have the. Think how much fun it would be to write the descriptions for all the uh, sandwiches and stuff. It would be uh, it would be great. Just just for that alone, come up with some uh, 
some good things. Well, Hoyle, I think it's uh, the time for us to wrap it up. I know you're getting close to your work. I'm getting close to my destination. Uh, but I think uh, we'll, we'll probably get to do this again on on Wednesday after the uh, Mexico match against Canada. We'll, the, the first true test of the Tata Martino era. Yeah. After or during, you know, which whichever. That's right. We could we could do uh, we could do a, a second half uh, or even a first half. We'll have, to, we'll have to figure that out. But we'll definitely be doing something for the Gold Cup uh, when Mexico plays Canada on Wednesday. So uh, we hope that you guys tune in to that. Hola, Sanis. Thank you very much for joining us here on the Cantina MX podcast. Pleasure, mine, Yon. And. Uh, uh, I hope you had a good time passing out some cool report. Wait, wait, I think, I think, oh, yeah, breaking news? Sorry, sorry to cut you off, man. Uh, we might have a, it's not a bomba, but it's, it's, uh, it's, uh, um, I think he retired. Conejo Perez, I think he just, he, did you he, know. Did he finally hang up the gloves? Yeah. Um, let me see. I I saw it. Um. Oh man. I think I, I, right. I, I think I remember seeing that earlier tonight. So if they may have finally there it is. Uh, tw- after twenty five years. Uh, so wow. he's, he's decided that he's gonna retire, and but he was still looking for a club. So he, he retired because he couldn't find anything in first division. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Well, 20 years. 20 years, three World Cups. Yeah. and But you know, like two days ago, here's a tweet from, from you know, from Perez himself. This was two days ago. And he said... Uh, I still haven't said it. Let me say, sir, I haven't said anything. I'm still exploring my options. His options dropped up. <laughs> His options. Oh man. Yeah, yeah. So that's that's kind of messed up. But I mean, that is unfortunate. But uh, you know, you had a great career. I mean, you should not. I mean, uh, you know, you yeah. got to play those mid forties, which is which is amazing. So. Uh, uh, you know, best of luck to him and uh, and, and his uh, future uh, <laughs> Univision Deportes, which is we're all <laughs> who knows, man. Maybe he could be a goalkeeping coach, or you know, but but it doesn't pay the same. No, it does not. That's well, some of those cars. <laughs> well, thanks very much for joining us, Joel. And like we said, we'll do this again on Wednesday, and uh, have our special edition of Cantina MX podcast. Wednesday and again on the following uh, Sunday. So we will talk to you. Then thanks very much for joining us, Juan. Uh, always a pleasure, Yon. All right, and thank y'all for listening. We will see you guys again live on Wednesday. <laughs>